Thank you, Eliana. A couple of things real quick. Um, I want to remind everybody of our Christmas Eve service. This coming Thursday, we have two services, one at 4 and one at 5.30. I, um, I hope that you'll come and celebrate with us the birth of our Savior. I want to remind our church family, I've mentioned this to you in the past, that um, Christmas Eve service, this may surprise some of you, but Christmas Eve service is the service that unchurched people attend more than any other service throughout the year. Now, you might think that that service would be Easter, but it's really not. Easter is more uh, filled with, with what, what we call in church lingo de-churched people, which is people who have been involved in church um, before, but they've gotten away from attending church, and they, they like to come on Easter. But Christmas Eve is a time where people who've never really been involved in church will come, uh, but, but they'll only come if you invite them to come. And so I would ask you to prayerfully consider if God might give you a name or two, place that person on your heart, and uh, through the course of this coming week, you might have opportunity to ask them to come and celebrate the birth of our Savior with us on Christmas Eve. It'll just be an hour service, and again, those times are uh, 4 o'clock and 5.30. I don't normally do this, but uh, I want to mention to you, we, we always take a special offering on um, Christmas Eve. We always pick a ministry and we try to be a blessing to that ministry. Um, this year, our choice is Love Unveiled Ministry, which is headed by our own Liz Dixon. We chose that ministry because we've always believed in what God is doing through that ministry. But it's been unique for us in the past year that we have experienced what God is doing through that ministry as Liz has gotten very involved with some of the ladies in our church. And uh, we have seen God do some incredible, incredible things in the lives of these ladies. I'm talking about transformation and restoration and freedom and uh, just incredible experiences that they're having. And so we want to be a blessing to her ministry. We call it a birthday present for Jesus. And um, I don't know if you've got him on your list or not, but it is his birthday. And so we give you an opportunity on Christmas Eve to give a birthday present to Jesus by being a blessing to a, a, an incredibly effective ministry. And then speaking of offerings, I've said this already, but I want to tell you again that we're going to worship the Lord through giving this morning by uh, providing for you at the doors as you exit uh, people um, with a bucket to collect your offering and tithe to the Lord. Pray with me, would you, Lord Jesus? Um, maybe I'm guilty of, of, thinking, of thinking too big, uh, um, but I do know that, that what my vision has been for this time of worship um, is 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 great. It's really big. It, 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 it can't be experienced. It can't be brought about by man or woman. It it has to be brought about by you. And so I ask at this very moment, Lord, that your presence would be very real here, thick. Uh, we sense that maybe we could even reach out and touch you because you're 
you're seated with us, right next to us. And we, we want to experience your presence that way. And, and we want to kind of deny ourselves. That is to say, Lord Jesus, that, that we need your power and your help and your guidance to set aside those things that might be a distraction to us in this busy, busy time of the year. I, I know that there are those who are kind of consumed with maybe relationships right now, maybe finances right now worries, maybe physical needs right now. And and Lord, those are all legitimate, but I ask that you might help us set those aside and focus wholly and totally on you so that you might accomplish in us your desires and your wishes so that you might reveal yourself to us in in a fresh and new way. So maybe, Lord, there might be something about you that we see this morning that maybe we've never seen before. And Lord, if that would be the case, then it would, it would drive us to our knees. It, 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 we would uh, f- fall on our face. We, we would worship you. We would praise you. We would thank you. And God, that's really the, the vision that I have for our time together this morning, that, that in this incredible, miraculous, supernatural events that we celebrate during this season, that it would cause us to see you in a, in a whole new way and that it would cause us or result in us just worshiping you. Truly, truly worshiping you. And so I thank you. I thank you for the way you will move, or the way you will reveal, the, the way, Lord, that um, you will teach. I thank you for that because I believe you will. And I pray this in your name. Amen. This is the third week that we've kind of focused on Christmas. Uh, um, I feel some kind of obligation. I'm not sure why to, to bring Christmas messages. And maybe this year the Christmas messages have been a little bit different than a, a typical Christian message. We hadn't talked a whole bunch about Mary and Joseph and the wise men and shepherds and and the cattle and the manger and all of that stuff, but we've 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 delved into God's word and He has challenged us greatly. In the first week, we we asked the question, "What does Jesus really want for His birthday?" And after studying His word together, we determined that He wants us to serve the least of these because when we serve the least of these, we are serving Him. We are offering ourselves to him. And I believe that y'all have responded to that. I believe there are many who have said, Lord, if you want to use me today, I'm available. Lord, I, I, I want to serve. I want to be your hands and feet. And last week, we, we took the Christmas story and really kind of directed it toward this idea of reconciliation. God and sinner reconciled. But we were really, really challenged in that by asking the question, if God and sinner can be reconciled, then why not sinner and sinner? If God would take the initiative to bring reconciliation to me, to to reconcile me to himself, and, and in doing so, it costing him so, so very much, then who am I to not take the initiative 
to reconcile with others, others whose relationships in my life need attention and need mending. And I I believe that many of you in here have said, you know what, I want to do that. I want to do as God has done for me. I want to do to others. And I want to experience this reconciliation with some of the relationships in my life. I think this week the challenge is far greater. This is a time of the year when we talk a lot about Jesus. We, we make much of Him. And I also believe it's a time of the year when maybe more than any other time of the year we, we belittle Him. I, I think you would have to agree with me that during this season we have such a focus, a greater focus on everything that's going on around us. All of the circumstances all of the demands, all of the things that we have to get accomplished. And we focus on that so much more than we focus on Christmas from heaven's perspective. I I think that's the challenge for us today. That we want to see Christmas from heaven's perspective. I want to give you a little bit of an idea of what I'm trying to talk about. Many of you in here, because many of you are new and you're new to this church in the last five years, um, y'all never had an opportunity to meet Leanne, which is a shame. Leanne was my wife, the mother of Will, my son, um, she died of cancer. Uh, this will be our sixth Christmas without Leanne. It's a time that I think about her a lot. Christmas time, Christmas season. Um, and I, I, as a result, I'll, I, I may get into a conversation with people and we'll talk about her a little bit. And some, some kind-hearted well-meaning, good people, they'll often say to me, don't you just see her looking down on us? And I have really never responded the way I was thinking, which basically is, really? You think she's looking down on us? Do you think that what's going on here is more interesting than what is going on there? Is she looking down or is she looking around? For she is with Jesus. She sees him. Flesh, bone, blood, the Savior of the world, the real Jesus, her full attention, her full attention is on him. She's worshiping him. She sees only him, and it makes all of the difference in her experience this Christmas season. She'll have a better Christmas than us. 
because the distractions are set aside. And she's focused on what we call the reason for the season. I, I wonder, as you think about Jesus this Christmas season, and I really believe that you will, I wonder what you think of him when you speak of him. How do you see him? However that is, I want you to know this morning, there is so much more to him than you can even imagine. More than just a baby in a manger. I know this in part because I see it in Scripture. I see men in Scripture who were godly, godly men who knew Him, who had relationship with Him. Oh, but when they saw Him, I think in the book of Job, uh, the, the, the end of the book, uh, you, you, you know the story of Job. Blessed be the name of the Lord, that favorite song of ours. It's, it comes from the story of Job that he gives, he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. At the end of the book of Job in the 41st chapter, he says this in the, in the fifth verse, Job 41.5. I'm sorry, Job 42.5. I was reading the fifth verse of 41. I'm going, that don't make a bit of sense at all. Job 42 and verse 5. Here's Job. He's speaking. He says, I've, I, I heard of you, God, by the hearing of my ear. I know about you, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, he's saying look, I, I know you, we have a relationship, we have interacted. The Bible tells us in the first chapter of Job, he was the most righteous man on the entire earth. There was none more righteous than Job. He had a relationship with God, he followed God, he was obedient to God, he worshipped God, he had heard about God, he had learned about God, but God had given him an opportunity to see him, give him a glimpse of God, of who God was, and his response was to fall on his face in dust and ashes. That's the proper response. Fall on your knees. Hear the angel voices. That's the proper response. And then I, I, I think of a, a New Testament character who you're very familiar with. John, one of the disciples, one of the apostles, one of those who had was described as the one whom Jesus loved. He walked with him for three and a half years. He knew Jesus. He had even been on that mountain at the time of that mountain of transfiguration when Jesus had shown him his glorified body, but in Revelation, it seems to be a whole different experience for John. This guy who really knew God in the first chapter in the 17th verse, when I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet as though dead. 
That was John's response. This morning, I, I want us to get a glimpse of, of Jesus. I, I want us as best that we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to, to see Him. I want us to understand that our greatest, greatest thoughts of Him, there's so much more than even that. The Bible says in Psalm 145, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. No one can grasp. No one can imagine. No one can truly understand. He is most worthy of praise. And His greatness no one can fathom. You're familiar with the verse in Isaiah Isaiah 55, God says to us, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's greatly to be praised. He's most worthy of praise. His greatness we can't truly grasp and fathom. However you see Jesus, whatever you think, when you think of Him, it's so much more than that. Someone in this room this morning might be thinking, you know, when I think of Jesus, I think of Him as, as a great teacher, one who taught great truths, one who thought about others more than Himself, one who served. And to you, I would say, that's absolutely true, that's absolutely right, but there's so much more. Others in this room, you'd say, when I think of Jesus, I, I think of Him as my Savior. I, I think of Him as dying on a cross and shedding His blood so that I might be reconciled to God. I think of His sacrifice. I think of, of His love that He would be willing to give Himself. He's the one that, that sets me free. He is the author of my salvation. And you're right, and that's true, but there's so much more. Some in this room would say, when I think of Jesus, I think of holiness. I think of purity. I think of a king sitting on his throne, and the, the Bible says he resides in a light that we, we can't even approach. And I, that's the way I see him, and that's the way I think of him. I think of him as, as majestic and and I think of him as holy, a holy God. And I would say to you, you're so very, very right. But there's so much more than that. Christmas and the Christmas story is about heaven coming down and touching earth. There's, there's nothing natural about it. It's all supernatural when we think of Mary and Joseph and we think of the shepherds and we think of most all of the characters that that we normally refer to in the Christmas story we see that that for them the, the, the spiritual world became visible to them. It, it, became, it became very, very real. That's my prayer for us this morning, that the spiritual would become visible, that, that it would become very, very real. 
on that night in the Christmas story. We're going to look at it real quick in, in Matthew. But on that night in the Christmas story, it became so very, very real to those who were involved. It's, it's why we say, oh, holy night. Oh, night divine. Fall on your knees. Hear the angel voices. We look at this Christmas story. The birth of Jesus took place this way. Matthew chapter 1, when, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. What? She was pregnant? She was a virgin? She was with child? Heaven kind of comes down and involves itself in the natural. I can only begin to imagine what her thoughts were at, the, at, at this news and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. An angel visited Job. When's the last time that happened to you? We see angels visiting shepherds. We see an angel visiting Job. I, I, I want to suggest to you that if you're out mowing your lawn and all of a sudden an angel appears to you, that's probably going to be the greatest event in your life. There's nothing that's going to ever compare to that. That's going to be a supernatural thing. That's going to be a divine kind of thing. That's a God thing. The, the natural became spiritual on this night. The regular became supernatural. It was a, a holy night. It goes on. The angel says she's going to bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus. And, and you do that because he's going to save his people from their sins. What? My, uh, my fiance is bearing a child that's going to be the savior of the world. That's supernatural and all of this took place to fulfill what the lord had spoken by the prophet behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which means god with us all of a sudden heaven comes down and touches earth jesus comes and and we see him as god we studied the gospel of john that's what it was all about every word in that book is 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 telling us jesus is god jesus is god these things have been written to you so that you might believe that jesus is god is what it says heaven comes down and and, and touches earth when jesus left he says it's going to get better than god with you I'm making a promise to you. From this point on, it's going to be God in you. That ever-present God in our lives. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. Supernatural. In Luke chapter 2, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And 
Lo, an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, a spiritual being who's very, very real, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Heaven came and touched earth. This is Christmas from heaven's perspective. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified, and the angel said, don't be afraid, because I bring you good tidings of great joy, and it shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who's Christ the Lord. You'll find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with this lone angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. They could see him. They knew him. It, it, it prompted them, it caused them, it resulted in them breaking out in praise, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. They couldn't help it. It drove them to worship. Now I want you to think about something. Right now, The Bible says in the heavenlies, there are millions and millions of angels. And they're real. The Bible also tells us that there are demons. They're real. And there's this incredible spiritual battle that's taking place. And there is one who sits on his throne that's in charge of, of it all. I'm trying to take us to a place where we look at Christmas not from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly perspective. I'm trying to get us to set aside distractions and and focus on who we celebrate this season, the Lord Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, it, it says it this way, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It's saying there, take your eyes off of the distractions. Take your eyes off of the world. Take your eyes off of the worries. Take your eyes off of the needs. Take your eyes off everything. And, And it goes on in the second verse and it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what he knew to come, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and now he is seated at the right hand, God the Father. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Leanne having a better Christmas than we'll ever have, because there are no distractions. She has got her eyes fixed on Jesus. She is worshiping with the angels. Glory to God in the highest. I I, want to say this again. I, I, I see that the Christmas story... I see that those who we talk about... I, I see that, that for them... The spiritual world became real to them. It became visible to them. It's my prayer for us. 
right now, there are millions of angels praising God. You, you can't hear them. You can't see them. But the Bible tells us that that is true. And so we accept that and we believe that by faith. Now we're going to join them. Imagine that. We're going to join them together. And we're going to worship God. All those angels, they're, they're looking to the throne. There's no distractions. They have their eyes fixed on Jesus. It's divine. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. It's heaven touching earth. It's Christmas from heaven's perspective. They have their eyes on the throne. They have their eyes fixed on Jesus. We're going to join them in worship. We should have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let me invite you to stand. Lord Jesus, we enter now into a time of worship. Lord, we're just now trying to understand what worship really is. But maybe you can help us. Maybe you could give us a, a glimpse of you. And Lord, as you do that, then we'll understand if some people just fall on their face. This is about you. Lots of stuff going on, but even for these few minutes, Lord, I, everything, everything, everything is about you. I'm focused on you. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on the throne. There is none like you. You are most worthy of praise. This busy time, Lord, Help us, allow us to focus on 